Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, back at a Chuckery show. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Looker Music Hour. Little Jermaine Jackson. Did that song die? Did he just, did he die or... Oh, it's there. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> I didn't, now, you know, now I didn't want it to drown you okay. out. Uh, listen, you ain't going to drown me out. <laughs> as loud as my voice is, yeah, you ain't going to drown me out. So, uh, Chuck Rose gets first quest, a little Jermaine Jackson getting us going here. in the. Uh, this was from about the mid-80s, I believe. About yeah. 84, 85. It's like there. his best song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some, I mean, he he actually had some hits. Let's Get Serious well, was yeah. a big hit. Um I think it's love, baby. Um, I don't remember that one. No, I think it's love, darling. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember this one and let's get serious. Something. Yeah, those um, were the two. Yeah, but he had a couple. He had a couple big hits. So anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, 404-726-0929. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of laughing about this whole Pac-12, Big Twelve type of thing. The Pac-12 uh, released a statement a little bit uh, ago. So. If you don't know, Colorado is leaving the Pac-12, and it, it was, I think it was 20 years ago that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 talked about merging as far as conferences go, and so the Pac-12 has released a statement. Uh, the Pac-12 is comprised of world-leading universities and athletic programs who share a commitment to developing the next generation of leaders, supporting student-athletes' academic and athletic excellence and broad-based athletic success. We remain committed to our shared values and continue to invest in our student-athletes. Today's decision by the University of Colorado has done nothing to disrupt that commitment. We are focused on concluding our media rights deal and uh, securing our continued success and growth. Uh, Immediately following the conclusion of our media rights deal, we will embrace expansion opportunities and bring new fans and markets of excitement to the Pac-12. Well, where exactly are they going to go? I mean, you've lost Southern Cal, UCLA. Um, you've lost Colorado now. Mm-hmm. And you may lose Washington or Oregon. In Oregon. Uh, if if you lose those two programs, you're a group of five conference at that point. Yeah, which I think, honestly, Oregon and Washington leaving, I think is going to be more than likely because of the fact that from a recruiting standpoint, like those two schools, especially Oregon. Oregon's kind of been – 
in the talks, Mm -hmm. right, for the last, I guess you could say, five years or so. In Washington, they've been up and down, but they've been back up of late. So when it comes to the recruiting side of things, those two schools, they're not going to want to be in a conference where, let's just keep it honest, you know, everybody else is levels below you. You know, because now from a recruiting standpoint, that may that's going to have an impact. Those kids that you may have drawn, now they may start, you know, you start losing them, you know. So. Well, I, I, I think, too, the other thing about it is, is that in all honesty, you don't want UCLA and USC to be out on an island by themselves. Right. Okay, from a travel perspective. Right, from a exactly. Perspective. Yep. So I think to provide some balance in a conference – you want to have Oregon and Washington be a part of, you know, the Big Ten because you're you're almost isolating those two California schools by themselves, and mm-hmm. and that's t- I mean, again, we saw that, uh, and, and I talked about this a while back. UCLA or sorry, USC is going to travel like thirteen thousand miles for football. Right now, that doesn't even count water polo and basketball softball and softball and, that, and yeah. wrestling and whatever. I mean. It's like 13,000 miles for football. So I think that from a from an isolation standpoint, you want Washington and Oregon in the Big 10. Like they're they're not they're high profile programs, but you want them in the Big 10 to be able to provide some continuity to the conference. Um but obviously, you know, this is another big hit for the uh for the Pac-12. Um you know, don't uh that, that I mean that's it's a it's a big blow for them, and and they continue to take big blows, and they're going to try to negotiate a media rights deal. I don't know what it's going to be, but they're moving toward Group of Five status if they're not careful here. If they lose Oregon and Washington, you're in Group of Five status. There's that, those programs are not worthy of being a a playoff team for you know because they win the you know their conference or whatever like that. It's you know again you're 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 going to the bottom now with everything. So we'll see what happens, but uh, but it is interesting. Now, let me ask another question here. Mike Conti and I, I should say, Mike Connie and I were talking about this, you know, earlier. You know, obviously we saw last night, or, or sorry, Tuesday night, and Lanny and I just got just got their butt, you know, butt whooped, okay? Now, Messi's going to do that to some other teams, okay? He's mm-hmm. going to do it to some other teams. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the impact of having a Messi in MLS, but is there a downside to it? Is there a flip side to it? If Messi comes in and starts making teams look like they're amateurs, is that good for MLS? I mean, let, let me put it like this. Atlanta United is one of the premier organizations in MLS, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're one of the flagship organizations, okay? He made Atlanta United look like a second-tier type of team. Right. And if he does that to several teams in MLS, what does that do for the reputation of the league? Ooh, I mean, you got a point. I, I, I think it can kind of work. It can work against and for. So the four would be in the sense of let's take a team like uh, Chicago, who's – they got a decent fan base, I believe, but no, I think Atlanta's got by far is like right. number one when right. it comes to no, fan no base, question. right? Yeah, I mean they're 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 the highest attendance per game, right? Per, uh, overall, I mean they're the highest attendance across the league, right? So the four could be in the sense that okay, boost maybe he boosts attendance in some of those 
you know, with some of those teams well, but, that don't have. Okay, but how – okay, it's not like, though, that let, – let's say – let's say Salt Lake City. Right. Okay? It isn't like Salt Lake City. I don't know, I don't know what Salt Lake City's attendance is. Okay? Right. But let's say it's 20,000. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not like he's going to take attendance in Salt Lake City from 20,000 <laughs> to 100,000. Right. Okay? And he's going to play what? Twice at the most, yeah. Once or twice? Again, he'll he'll only play in Salt Lake City once every how many years? Right. So what is the real economic impact? Right. I mean, again, it's not Taylor Swift coming into your city. Yeah, okay? definitely not. I mean, it's not Taylor. I mean, it's not Taylor Swift coming in and creating three hundred jobs in a marketplace and bringing in millions of dollars of revenue. Like, it's not that. Right. It, it's just a soccer player, and I, I. So I understand your point, but I don't know what the reality is of that. Right. You know, again, this is what I talked about the Landy United. If you're Landy United, why would I accommodate Messi? Right. Why, why, yeah. why would I? Why would I go in and? <laughs> change everything up that I do that's been successfully working for me. Right. We're the highest attendance per match. We're the highest attendance overall. Now, so if I'm number one already, how much how much more number one can I be? Right. If I'm, if I'm number one in what I do, in my business model, um, how much is Messi going to boost my business? If I'm already number one, I, I can't, be, can't be anything higher than number one, right? So that's why I say – that's why you don't accommodate him. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than just the advantage, more than just the playing advantage. That's why you don't accommodate him. Exactly. You don't. You don't. You don't make it look like you're a low tier type of franchise. You don't make right. it look like you're a desperate. Now, again, I can understand. And I was talking talking about this with with Mike. Is that if you're averaging six or seven thousand fans, it might be worth it to put in grass and figure out something to bring Messi in and. and Make it accommodating for him, okay? Right. And especially if you play him maybe a couple of times in a season or something like that, okay? Right. Um, if you're a struggling franchise, but if you're one of the good franchises, I, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I'm, I'm willing to accommodate him just for him, right? You know, but again, so if you, if you start changing up your stadiums and you start. Allow, I mean, again, if he's dominating the way he dominated the other night, does it hurt MLS? I mean, I don't think MLS looks good if they start changing their turf to a specific player. Yeah, I wouldn't do that for sure. Um, I mean, I just think if you look, you're already coming in and the money you're getting is ridiculous. So to me, like, listen. Um, well, they're looking at their their MLS is also looking at their nas- at their next national TV contract. Like that, right. that's the other thing about this is that you know their TV rights deal isn't very good. I mean, it's not very profitable. No. So they're looking at okay, if we can increase eyeballs on TV because that's where it's at. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not personal attendance. It's not it's not yeah. It's definitely so, the it's TV not a Salt Lake City yeah. goes from twelve thousand people to. 120,000 people. Right. It's the the people that pick up that uh exactly. that decide to do the, it's, it's, the Apple TV, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. but it, but it's getting a TV deal. It's yeah. getting it's getting TV money. That's where it's all at, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't care if you I don't care if it's football, basketball, wrestling. Yep. TV money is where you make your money. Exactly. 
and they want to be on TV and they want to be on broadcast TV. Right. right? They want to be on Fox and all that good mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They want to be on that. Yeah. That, that's that's lucrative money. So but I would think for that deal, for that to happen, I think you need more than a Messi, though. I, I, I agree. But you have to have a starting point with the Messi. You agree. Well, yeah, I, I, you, you have to have a starting point with a guy at that at that level and that mm-hmm. caliber. And again, MLS has been around for 20 years. Yeah. So it's not like they're they're a young league or anything like that. They've it's been around for a couple it's of been decades. That long. Yeah, I mean Doesn't it's been, been like I think it. more than two decades. So so it's not like they're a young league per se. But um, but I, I don't disagree with you. But you have to have guy. You have to have a guy like that come in and be a starting point. Yeah. You have to have a guy like that that's recognized, you know, world right. renowned player come in and and not at forty five years old. <laughs> right. uh, again, I know he's older and I know he's an older player. But again, he's not an ancient player, right? Right. I mean, again, when Wayne Rooney came in, you know, he was—I don't want to say he was over the hill, but he mm. wasn't exactly, you know, a youthful <laughs> guy at that point, right. right? I mean, he was very limited, and you know how much impact he could make on his team or what have you. Right. So, um, but and and he's not even nearly as name recognition-wise as you know what Messi is. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting to see though because. You know, if you're if you're a bad team, you can maybe afford to sell out and and try to try to do whatever you have to do to bring him here and you know boost your number for yeah, even for if it's for that, that night. night. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. if it's just for that night, you know. I, and like I said, I didn't. I I saw the MLS attendance. Number. I saw Atlanta um, being number one, but mm-hmm. um, but again, I don't know who's at the very very bottom. Yeah, uh, of MLS attendance, but. Well, I know if I'm Atlanta, I'm not changing. I'm not changing my. No, no. As I said the other night, I mean, I'll do snow angels. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll I'll drink beer, um, (laughs) double middle finger, everybody, and (laughs) do snow angels on the field, right? And that's that's that's. But see, that's me though. I'm I'm an a hole, and that's that's how I roll (laughs) and uh, operate. So, all right, here's what we're gonna do: four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine, four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Going to open up the phone lines to you, asking you the question, who leads his team in touchdowns? Who leads the Falcons in sacks? Very simple. Who leads the Falcons in touchdowns? Who leads the Falcons in sacks? We'll take your calls on it next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 1990 Game, the Odyssey.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at it, Chuck Free Show. Ahead the top of the hour. Is it uh, JR Sports Brief or is it Atlanta Soccer Tonight? JR Sports Brief. Okay. Or is it um, Josh Hagedone or <laughs> Max Van Seedow or <laughs> no. home, t- home uh, what was it, home Homeward Bound or whatever the, the home take thing? Home t- hometown take. Whatever, whatever that, <laughs> that thing is. So, anyway, um, something's coming up at the top of the hour. JR Sports Brief will be coming up. All right, 404-726-0929. Asking the question, who's going to lead the Falcons in touchdowns? Who's going to lead the Falcons in sacks? So I'm going to go with the obvious answers as far as what it needs to be. Not just what I think, but what it needs to be. And I think touchdowns is Kyle Pitts, and I think sacks is Arnold Ebicady. You know, we have to show that we can have that fire breather Coming off the edge, I don't care what his number is. If it's 8, 10, 12, whatever. We have to have that kind of, um, you know, fire breather coming off the edge. And as far as touchdown goes, I mean, again, to have the kind of impact that we want our offense to, I think it's got to be Kyle Pitts. Now, again, we heard about, excuse me, uh, B. John Robinson. I I don't have a problem with that. I mean, again, and I don't care what Kyle Pitts' numbers are. I care about his impact on the football game. And usually for an offensive player, that's going to be scoring touchdowns. That's where you have the ultimate influence on a game, scoring touchdowns. So if he can be a guy, if he catches 40 passes for 500 yards and scores 10 touchdowns, won't mind a bit. Won't be upset at that for even a minute. So, again, 404-726-0929. Let's go out to um, Ken, uh, or sorry, Kevin. Out in Marietta. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, Chuck. How you doing? Good, buddy. What's going on, man? Well, I'm going to go with uh, B. John Robinson mm-hmm. or Drake London in terms of touchdowns. And in terms of sex, I'm predicting Calais Campbell is going to have a good year. And with him being okay. next to Grady, he's going to get loose. Yeah. And, and look, with Onyemata, with Grady, with Taquan Graham, we feel like that we have a good interior offensive line rotation of guys, right? And even Calais Campbell may rotate a little bit inside, but I think he'll probably play a lot of outside, but he may rotate a little bit on the inside. Again, remember positionless football? Remember Arthur Smith talked about positionless football? Well, that could be one of those things where Campbell 
plays all over the defensive line because he can play inside outside. Plays all over the defensive line, and maybe he does come up with a with a big season. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, again, I again, if as long as I feel like I have somebody that's coming off the edge and just pounding on quarterbacks, that's that's what's most important for me. That that's that's the part that's most important is I've got to influence the game on the defensive line of scrimmage. All right, let's grab Lonnie out in Jackson. What's going on, Lonnie? Hey, I'm looking at Grady Jarrett have a good year and uh I want to see Drake Landon. I want to see what I want to really see what we use him, you know, what, how we use him and Yeah, I, out of him. I I I think that Drake London needs to be a guy that needs to basically double his touchdown production. You know, there's there's no reason why that in especially when we get into the red zone, right? I mean, when we're in the red zone, there's no reason why that Drake London can't double his touchdown production. I think he had four last year. There's no reason why he can't double that number this coming season. And again, I keep going over the fact that, hey, look, if we're going to be an elite-level red zone offense, if we're going to be 67% touchdown conversion in the red zone, well, there's going to be some guys who put up big numbers. There's going to be some guys that put up some hefty numbers. Touchdowns, yards, receptions, you know, what have you. But again, there's going to be some guys that put up some some good numbers, and we could have we can maybe have multiple guys that have eight or ten touchdowns. I don't know. Now, as far as the sack thing goes, you know, as far as Grady goes, look, I think Grady, as we just said, I think he's got some good people around him now. Campbell and Onyamata and Taquan Graham, you know, being back, you know, healthy, you know, this year. I think he's got a cast of players around him now, maybe for the first time in his career, maybe realistically for the first time in his playing career, that he's got some some guys that are actual legitimate NFL players playing around him, and maybe that frees Grady up. Maybe that's a, that's a thing where he gets himself freed up and he can blow up plays in the backfield like he does, but instead of just blowing up plays with a running back in the backfield – he finds a way to put the quarterback on the ground. That was my thought about it when I mentioned it earlier that I thought he would mm-hmm. be the one um, because on Yamada particularly, I think the two of them, if you look at everybody from last season, if you look at everybody's numbers from last year, they were like the highest sack totals. I right. think Grady might have been six or six and a half. Yeah. And Onyamata was five, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I think Onyamata's presence – is going to have a major impact on Grady being able to get loose a little bit more this year. Yeah, and if if Ebicady can can be that guy on the outside, then you're going to free Grady up as well. Well, yeah, exactly. Because you you you're going to have to you're going to have to chip that guy coming off the mm-hmm. edge, and it's going to free up guys. So um, again, I still think Ebicady is the key to this defense. I think it's the key to we either get to the quarterback or we don't. I, I really do, and. I, I think he need I, look. I think he needs to lead the team in sacks. I, I think that he needs needs to lead. I don't, I don't want to say that he he is going to lead the team, or I wish he would lead. I think he needs to lead the team in sacks because again, we have to establish that guy coming off the edge, that fire breather that we talk about coming off the edge of everything. So again, we'll see what happens. And again, I think Kyle Pitts has got to be the guy that. When we talk about red zone production, it's got to be him. It's got to be him. It's been very underwhelming, especially from the touchdown perspective, in his first couple of years. That needs to change. 
It has to be more Travis Kelsey-like. 100 receptions, 12 of them for touchdowns. You know, again, that's that's where we want to live, right? That That's the part where we want to – that environment that we want to live in. But it's got to be him that helps step everything up. And, again, I think he's – I think he did a lot of good things last year. I would have liked to have seen him start more last year. I don't think that only starting one game did him a lot of favors. Yeah, he played a decent percentage of snaps, but he didn't play – nearly as many snaps as I would have liked to see. And certainly, you know, again, when he could have started and they had that opportunity as the year was kind of fading away, that's when, you know, remember how we changed quarterbacks? Well, I don't know why we didn't put Onya, or sorry, uh, Eva Katie in at the starting lineup. I don't know why we didn't, we didn't start him more, but, you know, the one start that he did make, he thought he played well last year. I thought, thought he did a good job, you know, getting in early and creating pressure early and things like that. I don't know that he got a sack out of it, but, um, he did certainly create some pressure and some, you know, things happening on the defense when he made that first start. But I think he just is the key to it. If he's going to be that that guy that we can depend on coming off the edge, then we'll be where we need to be, right? Playoffs, whatever, forty sacks, whatever we need to be in all of that. I just I have my questions. That's that's it. So I. I have my questions about what's going to happen with with all of that. So four four seven two six, oh nine two nine. You can jump in on the conversation of who leads the Falcons in touchdowns this coming season. Who leads the Falcons in sacks? Most touchdowns, most sacks. I'll tell you another guy that, um, um, you know, again, Mike Bell brought this up, but Caden Ellis, and I want to see Ellis. I. I can't say as I watch a lot of Caden Ellis, you know, in the NFL, but I want to see if he is more like the guy that we saw last year, or was he the guy in his first three years accumulated one sack? Like I want to see if he's what what guy that he really becomes. Can he thrive in this defense and find a way to get seven or ten sacks? Maybe, hopefully. Or does he that was was that a okay? I got I you know I I cashed in because again he got a pretty fair deal from the Falcons. His his deal was his deal was better than what was expected for him um, coming into free agency. So he got paid pretty well, but can he be a guy that influences games on the defensive side of the football the way that some of these other guys do? And and seven sacks is still a good total. I mean that's not a that's not a chump total or anything like that, but when you put it in some context and stuff, I mean, you know, when he only had one sack in a three-year period, you wonder about, okay, was he motivated by money or this or that? Like, why did all of a sudden it click in his uh, in his final year? Well, part of that was injuries. Part of that is that guys got hurt on the defensive line from the uh, New Orleans Saints, and he had to play. wasn't much of an option. He had to play. But, again, when he did play, he took it, you know, to heart. He he stepped up his game, and he played really well, and he showed that he wants to be a starter in this league. But, again, I'll say, why did the Saints let him go then? Because, again, the Saints are the masters of creating more money, right? I mean, they, they're always that one organization that they can be $100 million in, you know, dead cap space and over the cap, and they find a way to get money. They find a way to be able to sign somebody. Right? They're always doing that. They've always tiptoed 
that line of being a, a team that, you know, is in cap purgatory, but they still find a way to sign everybody. Why did they not want him back? Was it Ryan Nielsen going to Atlanta that was the big deciding factor? I don't know. Again, I haven't talked to Caden Ellis about all this, but it would be interesting to know, you know, what the what the real decision making process was for him as to why he came to uh, why he came to the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll see what happens, but uh, um, I, I think our defensive line is going to definitely be better than what it's been in, in years past. I mean, there's only one direction to go, right? You can only get better. You can only you can only go upward from where we've been over the last handful of years. So I expect this to be better. Are we 40 sacks? You know, are we a 40 sack team? I don't know about all that. I I I, I have my doubts. I mean, that's you, you usually have to have. You don't normally see a team with 40 sacks that has eight guys that have five sacks, right? Like that's usually not how it works. Usually, if you're 40 or more somebody's taking up 25% of that total, right? One guy is usually in the 25% realm of accumulating those sacks. So um, if so for you, Ebicady has to be the one that has the highest percentage. I I think that he's, I, I don't see a guy that just naturally jumps off the page that says this guy could be a 12 sack guy besides Ebicady. I don't think Lorenzo Carter can be that. I don't even know that Caden Ellis can be that. I don't think Calais Campbell's a double-digit sack guy in this at this point of his career. Um, I don't see it. I think it's Ebba Katie is the guy. Now, D'Angelo Malone is another guy, but uh, I've heard people telling me that, you know, off the record that, you know, Malone looks a little bit light in the loafers. I mean, he looks a little bit, you know, he's got to get some more in the dumper. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that he's not a guy that's going to be able to probably push people around and such like that. So, and again, we didn't see really much flashes out of Malone right. last year. I mean, at least we saw something out of Ebicady. I don't know that we saw a whole lot out of D'Angelo Malone. So, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about D'Angelo Malone. Like, I'm, I'm not putting my eggs in that basket just yet until I see something happen with him. So, we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, head to the top of the hour, JR Sports Brief, coming up after us as we will be here tomorrow with you as well as the Falcons uh, will be at camp again for practice number three. So we'll uh, we'll play all the audio and interviews and everything like that for you um, as to what goes on at camp uh, tomorrow. Um, so everybody will be out there. Morning Shaft, Chuck House, Dandy and Randy. So everybody will be out there for you. So and then Dukes and Bell will be at the Hooters at um, the Mall of Georgia. And we will be... I'm looking at the schedule here. They got the Morning Shaft, <laughs> Chuck House, Dandy and Randy. They're at Falcons training camp. Dukes and Bell are at Hooters at the Mall of Georgia, and it it must have got white. It must have been white out. They, they must have whited it out. No. It, huh? No, it wasn't. It wasn't whited what out. What do you mean? No, we're we're here. R- right, we're at we're at Holman and Finch here at <laughs> Colony Square. No. Huh? No. 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 Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Establishment. No, no, no. Huh? No. Roomy? Mm-mm. It's a roomy place. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, maybe that didn't work itself out so well. All right. All right. When you come back, one more segment to go. Chuck Rinnikia Studios. Sports Radio, not to the game. Odyssey.com now.
Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuck Show. Head to the top of the hour. JR Sports Brief coming up after us. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Braves baseball uh, back as well as uh, they will take on the Milwaukee Brewers. They will be back home here at uh, Truist Park. So that means Friday night, the red uniforms will be out and about. The best uniforms in uh, Major League Baseball. So you'll get a chance to see all of them. So, Day-Day, um, we had my daughter's um, orientation at uh, Cherokee County High School uh, mm-hmm. today. So, um, first time going to Cherokee High School. Yeah, I've been up there. It's been a couple of years ago. But yeah, I mean, I've been to the football stadium, but, I mean, yeah. I haven't been inside the school and touring around and everything like that. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I mean, it's... <laughs> You know, it's it's. I'll tell you this: like my feet are completely worn out because oh, all that walking. And yeah, stuff, I mean yeah. they have like th- these classes are spread out mm-hmm. all over the place. Yep. And my daughter was even complaining about how much everything was spread out because they do a lot of the freshman stuff in the north building, right? Which is a building to the right of the main main building and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like a whole separate campus. It's just so much walking. Yeah, I, I mean, I had, I mean, by the time we were done, I had like six thousand steps in. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Wow. Because I mean, we we're going back and forth and everywhere, and and part of it was we were lost, but I mean, <laughs> you know, again, still though, like there was a lot of walking involved. Yeah, yeah, you know, in yeah. There. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not like roaming the halls of middle school or whatever like that. It's yeah. Not, it's not classes all right bunched up, right together, bunched whatever. up, yeah, yeah little pods and stuff, yeah. yeah which yeah. that's what my my so two of my sons, uh, theirs is tomorrow. Um, uh, yeah, my eighth grader and my sixth grader, theirs is tomorrow. So uh, yeah, we'll be dealing with. It. But like to your point, like it's not as much walking because it's a pod. Everything, all the classrooms are pretty much. Oh yeah, like they're on one floor. One yeah, one I mean area, she had yeah. she had like four of her classes that were all on one floor. I right, mean, so. Um, but she's spread out pretty good, and uh, yeah. Is she nervous? Yeah, I mean, there's there's things going on that that's got her nervous and stuff like that. So, um, I don't and not nervous. Well, I, I don't know how to describe it, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, there is some nervousness there. So, um, you know, again, she's I it 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 will be interesting. Let's put it that way. You know, <laughs> again, you know, I've. I've tried to explain to her, like, you know, this is this is an important time of your life. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to set yourself up for your future. Mm-hmm. And, again, not that uh, – so it's a little bit different. You know, I'm, I'm 51, right. right? Right. And my generation, whatever that is, I don't, I don't even know what, what, what we are. Um, you should be X. Well, we're not the dopey millennials. Let me put it like that. <laughs> so we're not, we're not dopey millennials. So – but my generation, you could still earn a living and get a decent job without having to go to college. Right. Okay? And I think I am the last generation of people that can get away with no college degree mm-hmm. and still earn a decent living. Now, again, right. you're not going to be necessarily wealthy or whatever. I mean, you're not going to earn tons of money, but... Again, you can unless you're an entrepreneur, unless, right. unless you're unless you're a self-made you know person. But you know, again, my generation could 
you know, there were enough jobs and, and people looked at experience and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so college degree di- driven. Right. Her generation is going to be college degree driven. If you're going to want to get somewhere in life, you're going to have to have that piece of paper. Yeah. You know, so that's what I've tried to implore onto her is get yourself your mind right now. Get your, get your mind right now about school. Because, again, she's kind of not taking school sometimes as serious. And I can understand that. But, but again, she's, she's got to take this serious because this is going to be her future. Right. And, you know, again, she, she just can't fake her way through it. You know, she right. – she has to, you know, she has to put the work in and put the effort in and stuff like that. And I don't know if she's going to do that. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I love my daughter and I think the world of her and I want all the best for her and all the success in the world for her. And I'll do anything to help her. But you got to at some point put the work in yourself. Yeah, right? you do. I mean, that's an, that, yeah, and that's at everything. Yeah, you got to do it yourself at some point. Mommy and daddy can't lead you all the way there. So. Right, right, right. So that's what's going to be interesting about, about all of it. But I'm not... Uh, I'm not sure if I'm ready for a kid that goes to high school. Yeah, I remember when uh, when our daughter went into high school. It was, uh, yeah, I remember the same feelings. Like, man, she's going to high school. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a like it feels like it's a whole different world. Yeah. From anything. I mean, again, I thought you know when she when she got out of elementary school, and it was like, okay, she's going she's going to middle school now. It's a totally separate school, right? But it was literally right next to her elementary school. Like, mm-hmm. literally, the building right next door to her elementary school right. was the middle school. And it wasn't a—it didn't feel like it was a drastic change. Right. Um, because half the kids that she's gone to school with are going to go to Woodstock High School. Because, you know, you can redistrict through, right. through Cherokee County. Half the kids that she went to school with are going to Cherokee. Half the kids are going to Woodstock. So, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. And she's wanting to go— to Woodstock because most of her friends are going over. Yeah, there. a lot of her friends and stuff like that. But, but again, I, we don't have a way to get her to Woodstock. Right. You know, we, from where we live, and I don't have time to, I don't have time to take her to Woodstock. I don't, right. I don't have time to take her to school. I got to work for a living. Right. You know, again, right. I got, I got, I got to earn a living. I mean, mm-hmm. to pay for all this stuff, right? So again, and my ex-wife is the same way. Like we can't, we can't take you to Woodstock every morning, and right. I don't have, we don't have a reliable transportation. Um, my father-in-law used to take her to school every day, but he's older. He's got to take care of my ex-wife's mom, and mm-hmm. um, it's just you know there's 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 family things that he's got right. to take care of. He can't he can't afford to drive her to school anymore. Not not from a, a monitor. I'm just saying he doesn't have the time to drive her to school. Right. He's got to take care of his his wife at home. Right. So um, so again, it's we just don't have those those ways to get her to mm-hmm. where she wants to go. I mean, I don't have a problem with her going to Woodstock. I just... It's about getting her there. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Well, to your, going back to your, your statement about the, you know, being ready for the fact that she's going into high school, what, it, what I realized later, what it was for me was that what that meant was now I'm about to find out did I do my job as far as Helping you turn into yeah, to a, yeah. an adult, I, I agree. you know yeah, what I'm saying? I agree. Like, I, I've thought about that too. I think about you know the fact that okay, have I prepared her yeah. enough for? Because while she's not an adult, you will start to get into adult 
scenarios and situations. And and decision making has to be more hers. It doesn't necessarily there's going to be right. decisions right. that she right. ha- she has they have to be well, her decisions so, and not necessarily yours. So she's yours. got a boyfriend now. Okay. Oh wow! Oh, she's been, she's okay. been dating this guy. Does Randy know that? Huh? Does Randy McMichael? Does Randy? Uh, does Randy, Randy McMichael know that? Because oh, I know that's his, I know he that, I know you know he likes to, you know he that's a protector for you know you got y'all's kids are are um, you know similar in age and everything so you know oh, does I, Randy it's, it's, Randy might put his hands on somebody? Oh no no <laughs> I, I know no, I mean he yeah I mean I don't, I don't know if he knows or not I mean we um, last time. We, when we were at Randy's birthday party, um, I think I think he knows, but um, but he he calls her the pretty girl. Um, that's what he calls my daughter because again she's she's a pretty girl and you know again she's going to be a heartbreaker. But um, but no, I she's got a boyfriend and you know her and I have had some. I mean he's a good kid. He's a good. He's a real good okay. kid. I mean he's not not some goofball. And and she she a while back she had. She was going down the wrong pathway on some things, mm. and she stopped it. And you know, I was there watching her, mm-hmm. and I was about to pull her away from some things, but she decided on her own to do it. And I was and like, "That's what you. Okay, that's what. Yeah, yeah that. that's so, what you wanted. Yeah. yeah." So you know, again, that was that was, and I told her, I and I told her the other night, um, you know, I told her that. Um, you know, we had dinner uh, on Tuesday because mm-hmm. you know, we were off on Tuesday. And I told her, I said, you know, we, I said, you know, you, you, because she doesn't think she's smart. And I said, you oh, proved yeah. to me that you're smart because right. you made the right decision. Right. That, that was the right decision you made getting away from some of those people mm-hmm. that were dragging you down and, the wrong way. you yeah. know, that, yeah, going in the wrong direction. I said, so you were very smart from that standpoint. Yeah. So and when she just she just has to realize that at the end of the day and this is what you know we always had I, I just kept telling my daughter like if you want any type of success in in life you just got to be smart about your decisions point well, blank period you, like you, you got to make good decisions like and we're not going to always be there to hold your hand through through some stuff so you know and that was the conversation going into high school and as she progressed you know freshman year to sophomore sophomore to junior it's like you know all right you're you're getting close to being in the real world and a prime example is her, her freshman year in college cuz she my daughter played softball mm-hmm. through high school and and college her freshman year she got you know she was at Shaw up in North Carolina um she decided she wanted to go come back to Atlanta and uh-huh. i'm like listen i support you wanting to come back to Atlanta but I did all my I did my job. We did our job getting you into college. If you're gonna make a transfer, because transferring, like especially if you don't know if you're gonna get a scholarship, all it's a lot of work, right. money, all that kind of stuff. I was like, you're gonna have to do everything on your own. And then you know, and she did. She did everything on her own. She was able to get into Clark, get on the softball team. She got a little money out of it, and so, you know. But it was just one of those things. Where it was like we can't like. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna, you know, you're, you're, you know, because at that point she was twenty, I think nineteen right. or twenty. And it was like you're gonna have to start, you know, when you're starting to make these type of decisions, you gotta start going through the process on your own. And that's right. as long as she starts to realize that, like as she's getting older, like all right, these decisions I'm making, I have to understand what type of impact they're gonna have on me, and it's me that has to deal with it, like. You're you're not if she whatever whatever bad if she makes a bad decision doesn't Im- impact you, it's only going to impact her, you know. Yeah, so. no, I and and I've explained that to her. Just you know, she 
like I said, she was going down some roads that were going to really have some negative effect and results yeah. on her. And I was like, you you got to be smarter about this. And, yeah. and she understood. And then she figured it out. She's so. going to she's gonna be straight, man. I mean, I, I only met her briefly at the, uh, at the uh, anniversary party. And... Uh, you know, you could tell she's 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 a good kid. I think they just I mean, we were there, John. Like we had our moments. We were all there. It's just you yeah, know, but, you but you, I, <laughs> yeah, but see I again um, I mean I know we gotta go. I, I don't want her to be me. Like I, well, you I never don't, did. I, don't, yeah. I don't I don't want her I don't I I I I blew a lot of chances and I yeah. I you know, again, I know we're 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 about to you know, I I pissed away a lot of and I yeah. know it, it, there's a dump there, but I mean it. I, again, I I didn't take advantage yeah. of some of the opportunities yeah. that I had, mm-hmm. you know. And I got good grades in high. I got I was a two year National Honor Society. Oh, student. Nice. I mean, I was nice. a, a, almost a um, I was what a three point eight nine or something like that mm-hmm. student. I mean, I got really good grades and did well on on testing and stuff. And I took all advanced placement ca- uh, you know classes and stuff in high school. Right. Uh, again, I, I whizzed a lot of that stuff away. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we'll get more into this, you know, here as uh, things start up on Tuesday uh, for school. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, love TKO up next. Chuck Rinakia Studios, Sports Radio, and that's in the game, the Odyssey.com app. But long as I got you by my We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.